0: Welcome to Tile Trends by Tile Club, a woman-owned tile company based out of lovely Northern California. This podcast keeps you up to date on all the latest in tile trends and design and this week we're sitting down with two incredible guests, JP Style and SD Shower Pro to discuss the art of tile installation. Joining me today is my remarkable co-host John Adams of Tile Club.
1: So excited to have you both here today. Uh so let's jump into it. Jacob, uh, could you tell us a bit about your uh Contractor Services? How long you've been in business, maybe a little bit how it's changed from when uh, when your grandfather, your dad started till today, like how has the uh, shower installation business changed?
2: Um, well, I'm a third generation tile contractor. I run my father's company. He started it in 1977. And also I have SD Shower Post, which is, which is specifically a only strictly shower company. But my dad's company specializes in track homes and also commercial um But as far as the changes go, it's pretty drastic. The tiles have gotten much bigger and the grout joints have gotten much smaller. The tools have gotten much bigger and much more higher prices. So it's definitely... Changed quite a bit. So I remember back in the day, in the '90s, the biggest tile that they ever installed was a 12 by 12, and I haven't installed a 12 by 12 in I would say about a decade. And then as far as yeah, and as far as like the more like the methods go, like I mean, from my grandpa's point of view, I mean, he they floated everything 100% floors, walls, everything, and they didn't even have thin set. All they had was cement, and you bonded directly. You mixed pure cement, and then they came out with thin set, which is you know for thinner applications and then you would mix it with um acrylic when you're using it to bonder to more harder services so there's a lot more a lot more to it but now you have to pre-mix thin sets that have the additives already in it so things are they're trying to make things easier with coming out with a lot more products and there's a lot more companies nowadays which it's t- the technology is really trying to catch up but the tiles are getting bigger so it's just there's a lot more tools out there like a race isn't
1: it but- always changing the tiles are changing and uh with it comes the uh, more challenges like I, I know like you know like they have new leveling spacers to make it easier for the, mm. the real large formats and but some of these are getting like what 48 by 48 size i mean they're like slabs going on the wall aren't they so yeah, yeah i hear you um that's great so um, um and jp could you tell us about your experience and your services uh well it's a very yeah very
3: similar upbringing uh, my dad started a talk company in 1978 and um You know, I took it over kind of maybe 20, 22 years ago and then he kind of retired and um, I just been doing it on my own. Not as big as what he did, but uh, just kind of keeping it simple and uh, just doing one washroom at a time. No cruise, no uh, track building or anything like that, but just just one custom at a time. That's how I like to do it nowadays.
0: Let's figure out where you guys are from in case any of our listeners happen to be in your respective areas and are looking for someone to install their tile. So let's start with you, Jacob, where are you, where are you located?
2: Uh, I'm in San Diego, California. But I only service the area of North County, um, only 15 minutes around because the the area is so saturated with high income housing because it's uh, right next to Rancho Santa Fe, which is the highest per capita um, real estate in America. So there's plenty of work out here.
0: Wow. How about you, Gene? Um,
3: uh, so I grew up in Toronto, Canada and, uh, just live like 45 minutes North now, um, in the Simcoe County district now. So, I'm you know, I, I try and stay close to home, but it's usually, you know, I try and stay about an hour. I'll, I'll travel an hour each way if I need to, if the job's, uh, the right one for me for sure. Uh,
1: Jacob. So we're actually, we're neighbors. I'm, I'm here in San Diego as well. Um, okay, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Both uh, you and JP, you use, uh, I've seen on your, I did a little bit of research, I've seen on your Instagram and on your website, use different types of waterproofing methods. So um, maybe we'll start with Jacob and then JP. I know you use, I think it's Miracrete?
2: Yeah, it's a P1 HydroGuard made by Miracrete. I use it in combination with a carbon fiber mesh. It's very similar to a roofing, to a commercial roofing system. Okay. It can be, it's an elastic. So because the rofter proofings by themselves, they advertise it that it can be, you know, done by itself. But I I like reinsurance because I warranty my showers for ten years personally. Um, So I the water and the shower pan is the most important part of a shower because you can do you know beautiful work and if it leaks then that's, that's a, it isn't it yeah it's a beautiful piece of leaky work you know there's a lot of people who do the hot mop and I love the Ooh. hot mop I think it's great it's a turnkey solution especially for DIYers you know I say don't even try to waterproof it just pay the money have a professional come out and do it and you know it's gonna be done right and then you can tile your shower yourself. JP, so i think yeah. you do a lot of Schluter. So yes. what
1: would you, so compare like a hot mop process, like what, with Schluter, how do you how do you find that? Well, here in Canada, to be honest, yeah. I've never heard or ever seen hot mop. Right. It is, I think it's more of a San Diego, very local yeah. San Diego, actually, more it and more, really uh, is- more like West Coast uh, things, isn't it? It's pretty amazing
3: on how diverse the methods are. I mean, we're not that far away. We're still in North America. We're still in the same country, basically. And we had so many different methods. Um, in Canada, it's always been like a PVC liner, OD drain, and that was it. Dry pack and no waterproofing. Just that's it for a long time. And there's not really a lot of um, like there's no you don't have to pass a test. You don't have to get it inspected. And those are things like I think there's uh, some people trying to get that changed so we can all be on the same page, get everything done right. So nobody's getting um, bamboozled by bad contractors. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's important, isn't it? So I, I know like, you know, uh, with the waterproof, I think it's one of the most, I mean, obviously the most important things for the shower, because especially if it's like on a second floor or anything like that, it can cause, you know, a huge amounts of damage. And hot mop is like one of those true, like, uh, tested ways. It, it, it yeah. always works. It's very, it's very solid. Um, and I, I worked with like shooter and, and different types of waterproofing systems. They, they all kind of do the same thing and they'll have different warranties. Some yes. allow you to kind of tile a little bit faster than others right so you can sure. you can do it and you can tile the same day kind of thing so yeah there's a lot of people that just you know
3: they use a roll on which is maybe mm-hmm. they don't have uh their hands don't like trowels that much maybe mm-hmm. they don't like the trowel work it's a little bit more labor intensive um like i was born with a trowel in my hand so i yeah. prefer the trowel method or use the curdy board whatever job needs to be having done but uh, I really like the Schluter product. That's probably my favorite. I've tried all the other ones. The Schluter just—they just have everything in place for what you need.
1: Yeah, everybody has their own one they just love and they get good at it. And it's like, that's, that's what works. So very cool.
0: So Jacob and JP, you both mentioned, you know, things that can go wrong. Like you don't want to have to double back. You don't want to have somebody put, you know, a large investment into a big tiling project only to have to come back, do it again. What would be some tips that you would both give to potential clients who are vetting a contractor?
2: Uh, Number one is don't just hire someone who doesn't have a license if you hire because that's like the biggest thing i hear so many people who go man uh this guy did this this i'm like would well, you have a license and they go no but i'm like then he wasn't a contractor stop saying a contractor screwed you over because it's like that's like the main thing it's like no you're it's because there's so many things you you can do for a contractor if it does go bad or south but you lose your license it's called abandoning the job that's the number one reason why people lose their license and that's why you have to hire someone who has a license and you avoid that whole problem. But the number one thing is get at least three bids and make sure they're all bidding on the exact same thing. Apples to apples, because it's not the same thing. It's not the same price. And then if you want to go get a contractor, I recommend going to your local tile store, going down there and asking them who they recommend. And they have a long list of all reputable contractors who can give you a bid.
0: Fantastic, JP, any input there? Yeah. I mean, Jacob's. uh, hit a lot
3: of key points. I mean, references are huge. Portfolios, like, let me see your work. For for a client, I think that's huge. That's one of the main reasons why I started doing um, social media is, you know, I used to carry around a photo album of all my work, but You know, I could have took pictures of anything. Right. Mm -hmm. I got to make this personal. I got to make it good. Uh, Maybe have some fun with it so people feel comfortable with the work that I do. So that's how that started, uh, you know, coming about. And then it just grew from there. I was like, okay, I'm getting a little bit of a response. People are liking that they're seeing what the work is done. And that's part of my selling feature when I go and quote a job is that I will videotape my whole process of your work, of your job, your bathroom, whatever. And you can watch it basically live as it happens.
0: That's so awesome. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's, I, I love kind of the purpose behind the social media marketing side of things, but also like what you see is what you get. And it's so cool to see both of your personalities shine through and you are building like this authenticity with your followers, you know, this belief in your products and your service and what you can offer. So... Kudos to both of you on that. It's, it's Thanks.
2: I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the whole social media marketing thing that was um honestly I didn't I didn't own. um with me being third generation, I have about there's about 20 contractors because I am Hispanic. I may not look it, but I am. So there's about 20 contractors in my immediate family. Uh tile contractors, general contractors, plumbing contractors, electrical contractors you name it. And up 10 strictly just tile contractors. So there's quite a bit of us. So I started doing, posting my work. So basically I could show my family what I do and stuff like that. And then I started you know, getting more of a following, more of a following. And then I started realizing it's like one of the rare things that happens is you start at zero with a new customer is they just, they don't know you. It's not their fault that they don't trust you, but it's, and you don't blame them. It's human nature. And until they see it, they don't believe it. But with social media, what it's done is they've actually been following me and they've seen it. And now the level of trust that people have in what I do, it's, it's a level of trust I've never really experienced before. And I really love it.
1: It's funny you say that. It's, it's, it's really true, isn't it? Because it's like, I can look at uh, both, both of you, Jacob and JP go on your site. And I'm like, Oh, they, these guys know exactly what they're doing. Like this, I would trust this guy hands down right now to, to do anything, you know, it's shower related or tile related. So whereas, you know, if I'm, I'm looking for a contractor, you know, in a random place where I don't know anybody, it would be like, Oh, you know, I'll be very wary. I'll be asking all the questions and it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it, it would be very more like a, um, that kind of conversation, trying to build that trust, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. You're always looking for those keys. Like you're seeing what kind of truck you drove in. Like, all right, let's. Yeah. That? <laughs> <Is it> t- <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: it's
3: true. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of contracts that just work out of their truck, and that's their Ooh. office, it's their their shop. That's their everything, right? And then there's yeah. other ones that have that have a shop and have a crew, and like it's uh, there's different different contracts for sure. But uh, references are. Huge. If they come from Huge. someone that, you know, reputable, like you said, uh, Jacob, like, uh, your neighborhood towel store, they have a long list of guys that are in there every day and good guys and bad guys. So, you know, it, it's just playing off what people know, and what people can tell you about certain
1: people, I guess you could mm-hmm.
2: say Yeah. Yeah. And also a really big one is Yelp. Nah, Yelp yeah. works pretty darn good as well. Yeah. It, it works really good for contractors because also too, I think Yelp kind of made um, contractors a little more um, customer service better because I saw it in my father, no offense to the guy, love him, but he's a little grumpy. Um, <laughs> and it w- was like, uh, he, there was no ever really, you couldn't write a review on someone. And he was like, he was really good at what he did. And he was the best, but his customer service was kind of like he's a grumpy old Italian artist dude who was a kind of half-hismatic. And he's like, he got a little bit edge to him. You know, he'd like, be a little rude, like, you know, a little rude sometimes. And I'm just like, no, dad, we can't do that. we got to be nice. They're going to write a Yelp review. So it's like, you know, it's like, you yeah, no, got that always in the back of your head. You know, it's like, sorry about that. I'll clear it It's like, I, so I, I really like, a lot of people don't like Yelp. I think Yelp's, I love Yelp. I think it's great.
3: Yeah. You can't change the old school generation. That's for sure. So what advice would you,
1: uh, give to the aspiring tile installer out there? Like, what would you say to them? What's the, what's my thing is,
3: uh, pure honesty, just be honest with the client, what they need, what they would, uh, what they can expect, um, you know if you as a contractor see that there might be an extra charge because you might see a problem down the road to, you might have to change as you're demoing or whatever just be honest with them don't tell them mm-hmm. after yeah. you know so they're not getting that bill at the end and saying yeah i had to charge you 500 dollars extra because uh your wall was not plumb right you know? right so just be open and honest that's my like fail safe i tell them right off the bat listen this might be a problem. This might be a problem. Let's find the solution before we get too far. And that's where, that's where you can make or break the contractor client relationship. You know, they might not like it. They don't want to spend any more money. So that's when you have to be the honest person and say, okay, you want it done right, but you don't want to pay for it. Okay. Maybe this
1: is not the job for me. It might be a problem, right? So Mm -hmm. contractors, contractors have to be wary as well for sure you have to bet your customers just like they're betting the contractors i mean that's exactly part
2: of it definitely that's really good advice i really like that honesty and a uh, like communication Man, communication is the biggest deal. It's it's the more you, there's no such thing as over communicating with your customer. Also, what I like to do is uh, when I'm doing showers, there's often dry rot. So what I do is I and then also is write a contract of exactly what's going to be done, what area is going to be tiled, and list the type of tile you're using because we all know the different type and types of tiles take different times to install. And there's a lot of misconceptions that people. So know what type of your tile you're going to be using beforehand. Don't give them a price and then they give then you show up and it's uh, you know 24 by 48 and they say, well i thought it was bigger so it would cover more it would be go cheaper and it'd be easy (laughs) for you you that's like no that's (laughs) That's the biggest myth out there it's like no actually when it gets bigger it takes more time it's more of a hassle Mm -hmm. the tools required to do it are three times as expensive and you know it's just like i'm doing a shower right now with 12 or 24 by 48 tiles and there's not one, there's only two full pieces this entire shower and there's over 34 pieces and it's only two full ones. And when you're cutting these things, you know, they're a hundred dollars a tile. So there's a lot more pressure and it's just, uh, there's a lot more to it. So it's, and also when you go smaller with a three by six subway and you're doing actual quarter rounds, you know, those, those all take more time. So just t- list the type of tile you're going to use. So everything's nice and like, just be as clear as possible before you even start the job. And then also when you're doing showers nine out of 10 times, there's dry rock. So have a clause in there for doing dry rock and have an hourly rate and then charge for materials separate. And if you just have that little clause already set up and tell them if you're going to charge them for any unforeseen things at this rate, then they already have it in their mind. You know, that's going to happen. So it's just like, exactly. as long as you give them preoccupied uh, expectations, you're, it's yep. amazed by how smooth things go for sure. I love
0: it. Love it. Awesome. Sound advice. Thank you so much for that. So I have a question because you both have kind of mentioned materials and the 24 by 48 and all that. Is there like one tile material or style that you wish you never had to see again or install again?
2: I got one. I hate subway tile three by six. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's confession. I really don't like it. I wish it would just go away forever. Um, <laughs> and, and quarter rounds. Uh, big, Not a fan, but I can do it and I'll do it to the best quality. But uh, a little bit of my soul is lost a little after that job. But yeah. I love big format 24 by 48. So those are my, I love those. And also one thing I really, I think looks beautiful, but it takes so much time to do is miter cut edges on instead mm-hmm. of using trim. I love the look, but man, is that timely.
0: Awesome. We yeah. have a running joke on our team that if we ever see another white subway tile, so help us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there they are, you know, all over the place. But good thing for you, Jacob, that the large format, like stone look tiles more and more. are trendy right now and they're beautiful. So
3: yes. I'm uh, along the same lines. I mean, he hit some really good points. I mean, uh, the three by six is even though it's come in and out of popularity so many times over the last 30 years that, you know, you're doing back to back three by six for weeks. And then it goes away and you're like, oh, I wish I got a 3 by 6 backsplash just to, just to get off these uh, penny mosaics or these marble mosaics that are also hard to work with. But definitely, probably the worst for me is uh, mosaic backsplashes. Mm-hmm. Mosaic backsplashes, it's probably one of the more difficult ones to do just because you know it's mostly water saw or grinder and half the time those mesh pieces fall apart and you're trying to stick them to a wall so it's very time consuming all depends on when they're made or where they're made uh it it makes a big difference but um my favorite right now is uh probably large format like uh anything bigger than 12 by 24 Mm. uh, square or rectangle but yeah i mean it's such a clean look less grout joints i mean it'll look cleaner longer than 12 by 12 is used to in the eighties for sure.
2: Yeah. I think that, I think that large format's going to be stay, staying around. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, um, it's going to force the tile guy because what used to be is used to be like, you know, tile and stone, they used to be mm-hmm. separate trades. And then the tile guys kind of came in and pushed out the stone guys, you know, mm-hmm. right. and, or they became one. And then because they used to get, back in the 80s you were getting $10 a square foot to put in natural stone because only a mason had to do it right so and then you, the tile guys came in and kind of took that over and now I see with the slabs I see a lot of the slab guys kind of he- really hesitating for the portisans and I see the tile guy the tiles are getting much larger so I I really I think in the future that's that trade is going to be meshing here pretty soon that's what I see I, I,
1: that's that's very interesting actually I, I mean it's a whole different uh, be a whole different segment for us but uh yeah like porcelain slabs versus because they're they're getting to a similar size actually and yeah. um yeah. there there's some people that specialize just in porcelain fabrication on slabs and they do an amazing job so it's, i it's, think it, it, to watch out for slabs are definitely harder to work with than let's mm-hmm. say natural stone just because mm-hmm.
3: natural stone the granites the marbles there there's so much you can do with them in terms of finishing you can you know it's, it's so many profiles on the edges on counters and stuff like that porcelain You're almost forced to miter everything
1: All the time, all my pretty
3: much. You know, and that's and that's such a fine line of holding that grinder or the machine that does it. I mean, you have one chance, and (laughs) it could explode or it could get a chip or whatever. With the granite, you know, you could you could fill that chip, you can work with it, sand it out or whatever, right? So there's yeah,
1: definitely very tricky. Good point. Good point.
0: What would like be your three go to brands and types of tools that you just have to have for the perfect job?
2: My favorite saw nowadays is the Ruby. Saw. I really love that. I think it's uh, the best rail saw on the market. And I've had other brands before, and they honestly stop cutting square after about a year. This one I've had for about five, and it still cuts square, true. I love it. And then also the blades that they make, they are a lot more you have a lot of deflection with uh, different types of blades and thinner, cheaper ones. So they have a really stiff blade, which allows for a lot less uh, walking. They call it when you're doing long, long cuts. And then it allows for, and then the, the they specifically put a blade pattern, a diamond pattern on the blades, which allows for a lot more of a smoother, less chipping of a cut. And it allows for a faster cut. So, and then as far as hand tools, I love Milwaukee because I feel like Milwaukee is the Gucci of power tools. Uh,
3: For me, it'd be got to have a good grinder. I'm I'm a Makita grinder kind of guy, but I also have my Milwaukee stuff as well. I'm a huge Milwaukee fan Um, and uh, definitely a Sigma for just regular snap cutter. Uh, I've been a Sigma guy for a long Mm -hmm. time. And um, for Wetsaw, I have my DeWalt, which is my go-to because it'll just work all the time. And, it'll, you know, change the blade to different kind of stones. It works pretty good all the time. Um,
2: but, yeah, those would be my go-tos, definitely. Yeah, actually, I was going to say is, like, um, you know, it's impossible for um, one company to make the best of everything. And I think that Absolutely. the Makita, like, Makita grinders, no one could touch them. No, that's uh, I feel true. Like no, if no one could touch them. They have these little tiny, um, they're miniature jackhammers for the Makitas, those little smaller yeah. ones. Yeah, that one, that one is the best, but then you go mm-hmm. to the bigger ones and I feel like Bosch are the best jacket. Exactly. like uh, Bosch, Every yeah. okay. company, every company has their best of everything. But I feel like for your, like your battery operated tools and your, your tool bags and the carrot pack outs, like that's, oh, yeah. that's what I meant by yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, you look pretty cool when you walk in with that pack out. You're like, oh, oh yeah, de- for, sure,
3: <laughs> for sure. It's not, um, it's not by accident that they're they're in Ferrari colors too. Like I'm a
1: Ferrari fan, but anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's the ruby, what two fifty you have, right? That rail saw, yeah, saw. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. If I ever got into the installation part, I'm like, that's what I would use. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. It gives you muscles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
1: it was great having you guys. Thank you so much. You've uh, you've been really good. So it's, it's been a great conversation. I feel so. Yes. Yeah.
0: Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys so much. And that concludes this episode of Tile Trends by Tile Club. Be sure to tune in next time. And until then, happy tiling.